two, one. Hello, and welcome back to The Hollywood Growler. My name is Connor Simpson, your industry insider, and I'm joined always with your host, Dan Kern. Uh, we had to reschedule Good Beer Company. I actually had a job interview and things weren't lining up, but let's just say I'm making more money, so it's kind of worth it, but I feel bad for you guys. I'm sorry. But... While I was doing that, Dan went on an adventure without me to Seattle, and he went to a bunch of different breweries. So we we're just going to talk about that today and give you guys a supplemental episode and tell you about our alcoholism. <laughs> um, but Dan, how was uh, Seattle? How was the trip? Um, it was really fun. Uh, our good friends Joel and Tracy got married um, oh, weren't you involved in that? Yeah, I, I, they asked me to officiate the wedding, which I had never done before. So that was frightening, but awesome. It worked out about as well as it could possibly work out. But um, I was pretty much petrified. <laughs> well, you look good in your suit. We should post that. Oh, should. yeah. Yeah, I, I posted that on Facebook. We got to get you some pictures so you can post them on the gram. On the gram. Yeah. But <laughs> it looked like a fun time up there, uh, to say the least. So besides the wedding... Well, even at the wedding, um, one of the uh, the beers that they had on tap, um, he had gotten a keg from uh, Rubens, which is um, a brewery that we ended up visiting uh, the next day on Saturday. And the beer that they had on tap was called Crikey IPA. It's one of their, their famous IPAs. And it was good. It was uh, very drinkable, um, even though it was a, a wedding. <laughs> Uh, everybody was putting it away. Um, nobody was like, oh, this is an IPA. This is too strong for me. Everybody was uh, putting it down. For, I mean, anybody who wasn't drinking wine was drinking the beer and, and had at least four or five of them. So that, you know, it's a pretty drinkable beer. Do they have the Crocodile Hunter on the cover? <laughs> I didn't see that, but that would have been funny. <laughs> yeah, I should have asked while I was at Rubens um, why it was called Crikey IPA. I'm sure we can look that up. But um that was like the fifth brewery that we got to on Saturday. So I wasn't really asking anybody much of anything by that point. So you were just dancing? Uh, well, at the wedding, we were just dancing. But yeah, by the time we got to um, Ruben's the next day, uh, that was like sort of the end of our safari. And um, <laughs> we, I was good. Let's just put that way. <laughs> My apologies to Ruben. Uh, Ruben's, we uh, we tasted your beer and we liked your beer, but uh, I don't have anything critical or praiseworthy to say about it because by that point my palate was shot. But we had a good time. <laughs> I think we might have just had more Crikey IPA when we got there, actually, because um, it was that good. Well, but that, I honestly couldn't tell you for to be sure for 100%. Well, good for you for actually going to the brewery. You enjoyed the beer at from the wedding. So, Ruben, is, uh, you got any specs on that what's what's their deal do you know they're um sort of a um more like a a bigger uh almost like a sports bar type brewery some of the ones that we went to were smaller um this one had a big room it was in the ballard neighborhood um they had a bunch of beers on tap uh and uh, a pretty good variety um like i said i can't uh you know, give you a faithful criticism of that particular brewery because that was kind of the last one we hit. Okay, okay. but it was very comfortable, and they had you know a big food truck and a big patio, and it was uh, it's definitely down the middle, family friendly. You can definitely go there and watch the game. Uh, that's it's 
you know, what you might expect. But it was um, kind of the twilight hour a little bit by the time we got there. And the sun had finally come, come out because it had been kind of cloudy um, most of the day. So um, I have a real favorable memory of, uh, of that particular brewery. And then after that, the bride and groom actually caught up with us at that brewery. And after that, we went out to Ivar's, which if you've ever been to Seattle, is a um, kind of a chain in Seattle. They're famous for like uh, their sort of like a fish and, fish and chip stand. But uh, the one we went to was right on the water and had a big dining room. And uh, when the waiter came by, I, I told Joel, I said, if... Uh, if, it, if, you, if you tell anybody I said this, I'll deny it, but I can't even look at another beer right now. Wow. Well, now you're admitting <laughs> to it. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm <laughs> copping to it, but I definitely drank water with dinner. I'll put it that way. <laughs> well, okay. So let's backtrack a little and let's see if we can start somewhere that you actually maybe remembered more. What, <laughs> That's um, true. Uh, what was the first brewery that was mentioned or were you kind of guided by your friends out there what was the deal what was the one spot that you absolutely had to get out to well let me just start at the beginning because that's the that's the one that i i knew i wanted to go to uh when we were at week of logic at bottle logic i saw people wearing holy mountain t-shirts mm. and they caught my eye because um, i hadn't heard of the brewery and um i didn't know where it was um and i liked the t-shirt because you know i'm a t-shirt fanatic basically like the one you're wearing now yeah it yeah. says kill the masters yep kill so, the masters game of thrones is finally over <clears throat> i don't know what we're gonna do i don't either so <laughs> saw t-shirts got influenced um yeah so was, uh, it every, wanted, was it everything you thought it would be well that's um the short answer yes uh it was really different um it was out uh kind of in um i think they call it queen's end i'm sorry if i'm saying that wrong um, which is a different neighborhood than Ballard, but it's sort of just south uh, a little ways of Ballard. Um, and it's kind of down by uh, where the cruise ships dock. Um, it kind of looks back out over a train yard. And um, Cindy wants me to tell this story, I'm sure. Um, we were sitting there and we noticed that all they were playing was like metal and like Danzig and it was just, every, I, you know, I kept waiting for like a different different style of song. And no, it was just metal all day. And I don't know <laughs> if that's like just the playlist that they had on that day or if they always do metal. I'm going to have to ask somebody. But the rain was really coming down and we could see the rain coming down in the train yard. And it looked very metal. <laughs> like, <laughs> And uh, the rain was kind of like a lava lamp, like going to the metal. Uh, so we, we like sat out we sat and like sort of stared at the rain hitting, hitting the big tanker car, um, out behind it for a while. And we were like, this is kind of perfect jamming out to the metal. Well, that's, I mean, it was mostly hipsters, like most craft breweries. Yeah. Like I think the, the bearded guys and the, the beanie girls were kind of just putting up with the metal or like listening to it. Ironically, well, nobody was headbanging, but, um, well, funny story, uh, at, at stone brewing in any of locate their locations, the men's restroom is only playing metal because Greg cook, he is an absolute metal fanatic. So since it's not appropriate to his standards to play it in the nice restaurants that they have, he uh, gets his way by blasting it in the bathroom. So, you know, it helps out getting stuff out. I, I, <laughs> I don't know what that was to say. I don't know what that was to say. It might be intimidating to some people. Um, so, so we're at Holy Mountain and uh, we kind of want to taste everything. Um, Cindy got um, High Priestess, which is their Pilsner. And it's a collaboration with 
Oxbow Brewing, I want to say. I should really be looking at the menu. I took a picture of it, but I'm going to see how much I can do from memory. Um, and then uh, she also got um, one called Cathedral, and she got uh, one of their IPAs to start. It wasn't Five of Thrones. It was the other one. Hang on. Now I'm going to have to look at my notes. I apologize. Yeah, Give you me should one look, second. look at your notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was getting some pictures and messages from your wife while you're out there on Instagram and <clears throat> it looked like a on Instagram I think text but uh sure it got sillier and sillier it did get sillier and sillier as the um yeah so she got Thrones <laughs> and Dominions which was an IPA 7.2 uh that was brewed with two row pilsner and uh, a large portion of spelt malt, which I don't know where that what that is actually. Um, Thrones and Dominions uh, was heavily hopped in the kettle and in the tank with beautiful lots of Australian Enigma and Mosaic. I've also never heard of Australian Enigma hops. I'm gonna have to look that up too. <laughs> um, and then uh, it was uh, fermented with, it looks like uh, some sort of English yeast. They don't say exactly which one, but that was really good. I mean, it was, uh, it was a complicated IPA and reading the description, I guess I can see why, but um, it had, uh, it was very drinkable. Um, then I said uh, High Priestess was a, was a Pilsner. I guess they, they call it an export Pilsner. And I was right, it was a collaboration with Oxbow. That's the other thing. They did, um, they had a lot of collaborations at Holy Mountain. Um, one was with Modern Times. That was a Saison called Deer Years, which I think they actually had at Modern Times when we were down there, but I can't recall for sure. Well, they got a spot in Portland, so maybe they flew up from there or something. I don't, I don't know how they run all that. So. I, I, don't, I don't know either, but <clears throat> I know Modern Times is just going to be taking over the world very soon. They actually <clears throat> just started a, uh, excuse me, they just started their own podcast, Modern Times, and uh, they're stealing their idea. I was going to say, now, now, now I really hate them. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, I had... Uh, Eichebach, I think is the right pronunciation, and that was a Maybach, and that was a collaboration with Varietal Brewing. Um, that was a 7.3. Um, I'm just going to read this because I do not, this is probably maybe the first Maybach I've ever had or at least known that I was having. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if it was characteristic to style. I really liked it, and reading the description, you could definitely taste sort of all the notes in the description. I will say that. Um, but it seems like this one is more complicated because um, it's like almost two paragraphs to describe it. 100% um, barrel fermented and lagered German style Maybach collaboration with Varietal Brewing Company from Sunnyside, Washington uh, for Goatfest 2019. Now I want to go to Goatfest. Um, brewed and hopped with Vanguard. It was then fermented in a combination of American apple brandy and bourbon barrels that had previously held beer conditioned and lagered in the same barrels for one month. Um, so I don't know how much of the apple brandy and bourbon barrel uh, taste was really coming through. Also, like I said, I, I don't know if I've had any other my, my box, so I don't know for sure if it was uh, characteristic to style or not, um, but I enjoyed it and I want to have more my box so I can compare and contrast. Um, so if anybody out there knows more about my box than I do, you can use our new voice messages uh, feature and tell me everything that I don't know about it. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast and feel like talking back to us um, instead of typing on social media. Actually, I, I just looked it up and it's a it's a Pilsner Lager 
and uh, it's obviously German. Yeah. Um, lighter in color, less malty, presents a drier finish with its larger hot profile. So it did have a larger hot profile. I was going to say it felt like um, a Pilsner with more hops. Um, and obviously it had some other things going on also. A, a little dry, a little. I'd like, I, I honestly, I would like to try more of those and see um, what sort of a middle of the road one so that I knew what I was talking about a little bit more about that. Well, it's interesting. The place I'm working at now is very Belgian, German themed, and it's all box and lagers and pilsners. And, and uh, but they're, they're unique. They're like almost like a, they have like a sweet, I had a Bach today there and it's a Bach, straight Bach is a little more sweeter to me. But, yeah, this was not like yeah. Scheinerbach or a double Bach or anything like yeah. that. It was much drier than that. I okay. will say that definitely that much I know. Okay. Um, then uh, they had one of the, there were two standouts. Um, their King's Head 2009, I'm sorry, 2019, um, was a double oat brown ale aged in bourbon barrels. Um, for those of you who've been to Bottle Logic, this is sort of in that genre um, of the, their bourbon barrel aged uh, stuff. Um, this was really good, um, and it looked like they had um, sort of smaller commemorative bottles for it. I, I know they weren't 22 ounce, they were definitely smaller than that, but... Um, and twice the price. Yeah, maybe. Um, it was, uh, yeah, actually, whatever size bottle the, that Bottle Logic does their bottle releases in, it was that size bottle. So I, I guess that's definitely less than 22 ounce. The, the 750s? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it was really good. It had, um, an English, uh, English chocolate note. Um, it was very dark. It was more carbonated than I think, uh, is typical of that style, or at least that's what I took away from it. Um, and it says it was aged in, uh, freshly, freshly emptied Kentucky bourbon barrels which as we know um, from uh, a couple of our episodes tends to mean, I think, I think uh, all American in particular uh, talked about how when you get freshly emptied bourbon barrels, sometimes there's a, there's a little bit of bourbon in there. There's, there's, there's a little pool on the bottom here. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit of candy on the, on the end so, there. So that was, um, you know, like I said, it, that was competitive with um, what bottle logic has been doing. Mm. Uh, they had one standout that I think even the people at the brewery and uh, the people at Taru would be jealous of. Um, it was, a, it's called a Boundment and it was a fooder aged Saison, uh, 5.5%. This was the most pungent smelling Saison that I've ever stuck my nose into. It, it was like a, it like grabbed me by the nostrils. Uh, Cindy doesn't really prefer Saison. She got in there and smelled it. And she like recoiled. She like almost fell off her off her uh, bar stool for a second. She was like, "Oh, it's, it's in my, I could taste it through my nose." <laughs> um, but it was really good. So let me read the description here. Uh, it was uh, brewed with pilsner malt and rye and hopped with citra pure leaf and crystal. It was fermented uh, with a house mixed culture. So maybe it was one of their, the fact that it was their house mixed yeast that was so pungent Hmm. Um, in one of our oak fooders where it continued to age for two months. Then it was dry hopped with generous amounts of Ella and Amarillo. 
Um, it was a really good saison by any standard. Um, obviously, I think aging it helped it get more character, but um, the bouquet was leaping out of the glass. <laughs> yeah, and let me. This is a good time to say that overall, I want to say that um, I think that what's going on down here in Orange County. Um, and in northern San Diego uh, is still probably in a slightly different league overall than what's going on in Seattle, but it's not that big a gap. And there's certainly standouts like Seattle's on fire right now for good craft beer. Um, you may have to search a little bit harder to find standouts, but not much. Like every brewery we visited had something that was memorable and that I would put uh, up against, you know, uh, anything that's going on down here. It was it was really good. How many breweries are in Seattle? Um, there's like 12 in the Ballard area alone. I think that somewhere in that neighborhood. I haven't looked up the exact number, but that's the number that kept coming up when we were talking about it. Um, it might be a few more. Um, and then, like I said, in the um, neighborhood that Holy Mountain was in, um, they had at least Holy Mountain and then sort of a little bit north of that, we went to, um, I'll tell you about that in a second, we went to Rooftop and Urban Family and um, uh, a brand new brewery called Dirty Couch Boys. <laughs> I know. Dirty Couch Boys. Yeah, we'll talk, we'll talk about them in a second too. They were funny. Um, but um, then there were a couple in Georgetown and in Fremont. So, you know, I would be shocked if there's less than 25. There's got to be at least 25 in the, in the, see, just the, you know, five, if you drew a five mile circle around downtown Seattle, I'm sure you can get 25 breweries. So it sounds like they're really picking up the pace. Maybe a six or seven mile radius, but you get the idea. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like they're kind of popping up. That's the other thing I was going to say is that look, it's look for Seattle to have more breweries soon because uh well we might as well just skip to that dirty couch boys we went to um later in the day and uh i i met the guy mike um who was uh the owner and he was standing behind the counter um and i asked you know when did you guys open and he said wednesday oh and i was like you know oh my god he said yeah we were kind of stuck in like permit purgatory for a minute um, and we didn't know that we were going to be able to open this past week, but we found out and we just, you know, we opened. Huh. So uh, when I say they were brand new, I mean, they were brand new. And that did that reflect on how they tasted? Or was I mean, I was drinking by then, but I, I thought their beer was good. I thought it was solid. Uh, I was also, um, there's a, a picture that I'm sure, uh, I know it's on the Facebook. I'm sure it'll pop up on Instagram also eventually here. Um, I was in a pretty intense game of Jenga with our new friends. So that's the next little story is while we were at Holy Mountain, um, we met our brand new friends, uh, Alec and Adam. And uh, they both grew up in uh, Ohio, which is where my aunt grew up in Dayton. Um, and my mom was born in Xenia, which is right next to Dayton. So we got to talking about that. And then uh, Alec is living out in Seattle now. Uh, so Adam is still living in Ohio and he was kind of out visiting his friend kind of thing. Uh, and they had already been drinking a little bit more than we had. <laughs> you know, we were getting over our hangover from the wedding and getting a little bit late start getting back on the on the horse. But um, they had been drinking since like noon. So we're, I was asking them, you know, what's 
what are some breweries that not everybody would just go to, you know, automatically, you know, what that aren't some of the big ones because Fremont is huge and we didn't make it there. And I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. We didn't make that it. That was there. my only request. I know. I know. And I asked about it. It was kind of in the opposite direction that we were going though. So that's kind of how that worked out. But I asked him, you know, I know I wanted to go to Holy Mountain. So what's next? You know, that people aren't always going to find on their own. And he said, you know, urban family is smaller and has a lot of sours. Um, and we're going to go there, but first we're going to this one called Rooftop, which is not at all on a rooftop, I don't think. But um, <laughs> you don't you don't remember it being that way. Well, maybe if we I, we'd gone out on the patio, maybe it like has an overlook that like the other side has a steep drop off or something. But I don't think so. <laughs> it was kind of on the side of a road, um, and uh, that's as good a place to talk about it. Uh, rooftop was I, I had no expectations whatsoever. I'd never heard of it. Um, I didn't know what it was going to be like at all. And uh, Alec didn't really say what to expect. Whereas with Urban Family, he said, yeah, it's going to be, you know, mostly sours that are the, going to be the standouts. Mm -hmm. So we get there and uh, it's a um, like a small bar area. Like you go in, there's a couple arcade games in the hall, like by the bathrooms. Then you go in and then there's like a really small bar that like is like a corner that seats maybe four people on one side and two people on the short side kind of thing. And then a few other tables kind of back against the wall. Oh, they had a really good popcorn maker. When we walked in, it smelled like, like the smell of popcorn just like punches you in the face. It was really good. Excellent. I don't even like popcorn and I ate like two bowls. <laughs> um, Cause it gets stuck in your teeth. You know, I, I don't, I, I barely even eat it at the movies. That, that's true. It does get stuck in your teeth. Um, so, and then they had a big uh, wood deck kind of patio thing uh, outside, which was, you know, really nice also. So uh, we get there and uh, we take sort of the four bar stools, the four of us, because we because after Alec and Adam and Cindy and I got talking, we were like, well, if you're going there anyway, do you want to share an Uber? You know, we like hit it off like real fast. Like it was they'll probably come visit. <laughs> I hope they come visit, honestly, because we'll take them to breweries down here. It sounds good. Um, so we sat down there and uh, the standout beer that they had uh, they had a few that were really good, but the one that's a standout is their Stargazer, which is a red IPA, which uh, I hadn't, I, I'm sure I've had that style at least once before, but it wasn't memorable like this. This mm. was really good. It was like an IPA sort of on the bottom in, you know, the bottom of your palate. And then on the top was kind of like a roasty red taste. Mm. So it was kind of almost like a, like a Reese's peanut butter cup kind of thing. Like two great tastes that taste great together. Nice, nice sweet hop. Yeah, it was, it was it, honestly, if you think about it, you know, we were so specialized with all these styles that, um, you know, you kind of either have either malty or either hoppy. Mm -hmm. You know, you'd think people would be shooting for a style that kind of has the whole spectrum, mm -hmm. but we don't really, right? Because we specialize. Well, you know, they're not everybody likes the full spectrum. That's why they're specific. I guess so. Um, but uh, I used to mix beers all the time because it's fun experimenting. You might find this, uh, this particular red that's, I think is overly sweet. Go with this IPA that's aggressively hoppy and you put them together, but bam. Yeah. You get a balance. You get a good balance. So, well, I don't know what they were doing for this one. Cause like I said, we didn't talk to the, the brewers and the owners or interview anybody. We were just drinking. We were hanging out with the bartenders. They were great. 
um, the beer tenders, I guess we should say. Mm-hmm. And then um, I, I really wish I could remember this Australian couple's name, but they came in and obviously they were regulars. They were picking up a keg and the whole room lit up when they came in. Um, I, I'm sorry, I didn't. I either didn't catch their names or didn't remember their names, but they were really funny. So if you guys somehow are listening, uh, shout out to you guys too. Um, but uh, Australians. They, had, they were really funny. They were so funny. Um, oh, also apparently a sweatshirt like you wear without a hood is called a jumper. A jumper? Yeah. <laughs> That's how they said it. Wait, wait, did they say crikey? But he's like, crikey, I was drinking that today. <laughs> somebody was um, talking about how, uh, they were talking about, they brought up chips with sandwiches. Like they didn't, they, in, in um, Australia, it's, even if it's fries, it's chips. And even if it's chips, it's chips. It's not like crisps. Like in, in England, and they were like, it's it's all context, you know, it's either chips or chips. And then, they <laughs> thought, then they thought about it for a second, and they were like, but you know, sometimes you get you get the one you didn't expect, and you're like, oh, why can't we call it something different? But they were really funny, like they were funny the whole time they were that we were hanging out with them. Um, but uh, they had brought a keg, and uh, there was. Um, they had a really good IPA on tap. They had a really good Scotch ale uh, on tap. Uh, and I know you're not going to like this, but they had a, uh, a really good Belgian. Mm-hmm. And ever since you said that you can smell bananas in Belgian ales. That's all you smell. It's not all I smell, but I kind of like I, look for it now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I totally do see what you're talking about. I never thought about that ever before. The but Banana and clove, baby. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. That's what, uh, that's what the Belgian yeast does. It depends on the intensity of the yeast strain, but... If you have like a straight up, you know, when you think of a Belgian, I just think of a banana. I mean, <laughs> I mean today, because um, I had to sample some of the beers that they brew at our work. I wasn't drinking full beers, but I was just doing little little sips of ones. And they had this dark Belgian. And uh, one of the people I was with, she goes, oh, it smells like tobacco. And I, and I go, oh, it's, it's Belgian though. So I sipped it and I just imagined a, a banana rolled around in tobacco. And it was kind of an awful thing. So you didn't like it. I, it was gross. Uh, okay, but I'd it, probably love it. You probably love it. <laughs> tobacco it, tasting Belgian sounds yeah, actually pretty good to me. Yeah, it was like a tobacco kind of uh, roast flavor with banana, and I, I was just not having it. So um, it definitely sounds interesting. Yeah, no, you'll 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 be out there. And they had um they had a single malt a single malt IPA on, which was also really good. Um, I don't know if I took a picture of their menu. I think I did actually. Hang on one second. Let me see if I'm forgetting anything. Was there a, a style that kind of was the style of Seattle? Um, you know, there may there might have been, um, and I just sort of didn't know it or notice it. Um, we were. I was trying real hard to get sort of as broad a spectrum as I could. Um, I mean, they were drinking a bunch of, I, I will tell you at the wedding, like I said, everybody was drinking IPA like it was no big deal. Nobody like turned their nose up at it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, uh, they had a gateway hazy pale that was really good. And like I said, the Scottish show was really good. Um, this, uh, oh, huh. The Vic Secret Single Hop IPA actually uh, was from Australia. Or the hops were from Australia. 
Enix mm. said that the hop flavor and the yeast flavor makes a sort of a passion fruit and pineapple um, with hints of earth and pine. That's what they were going for. Oh, the Belgian was a triple. That's why it was so good. That was a triple. It was. Um, they say it was 9.2, which is that a little bit low for a triple? Uh, it's in the ballpark, I believe. Okay. I don't know. I guess we're so used to getting our IPAs know, like, out here. Yeah. And we don't really mess with the Belgians. I know we need to. We need to get out to. We need to expand more. just a little bit more. Yeah. Even if um, I don't enjoy it. It was really good. Uh, and then I know Cindy had their guest cider, uh, which was shilling grapefruit and chill. And I know she liked that. Um, but honestly, the best part about Rooftop, besides, I mean, they had really good beer, but the best part about it was like, we were family instantly. Like mm. it was so comfortable and the bartenders were so friendly uh, and the atmosphere was just like, giggly and uh really really positive I, don't, I honestly almost don't even have a word for it mm. um everybody there was just like automatically friendly and happy i see um and maybe it's because it was such a small bar room that like when you're you're pretty much right next to the person you're drinking with and you're facing you're definitely close to the bartender there's like you know you're basically staring right at them and they're staring right at you um so it's cozy it very very cozy and homey. I, I I would I would take it one step further. I would say it was like intimate. Like mm. there was almost be no way to not talk to the bartender. I see. Like it would it would be awkward if you didn't get into a conversation with them. Hmm. So you introverted drinkers don't go there. <laughs> maybe, maybe so. I don't know, yeah. um, or you know maybe sit outside. Oh, there you go. Um, and then uh, we went over to Urban Family which has a really cool logo. Uh, it's kind of like a double like love seat swing set thing is their logo <laughs> on sort it's sort of a white outline on a black field. And I thought that was funny. I don't know why exactly I thought it was funny, but if you look it up, you'll see it and you'll see what I'm talking about. You just wanted to say love seat. Well, like it was a double, it wasn't like a swing set swing. It was like that double swing where like two people sit on it, you know, <laughs> like a porch swing. Okay. Um, yeah, I did say love seat. That is kind of weird. <laughs> um, they had, uh, like like Alec and Adam were telling us, they had um, a lot of barrel, for, I think they were barrel fermented um, sours. They certainly had rows and rows of barrels um, along one side of the tasting room. And I think it went back and was kind of like a warehouse at that point. Um, but that was a, it was a big, huge room, um, easily held. I'm I'm gonna say it had a, enough room for it was pretty hopping, and it was easily a hundred people in there. Hmm. Wow, um, that's, that's a lot. Yeah, no, it was a really big room, and then like I said, they had the rest of the room kept going further back, and was a lot of barrel uh, barrel fermenters or barrel aged uh, stuff. So I would have bursted into flames as soon as I walked through the door. Okay, so uh, I'll post a picture of the Urban Family Brewing Company. I said it a little bit wrong. It's um, it's uh, sort of a black outline on a white field of like a, oh, I a see. porch swing there. I um, don't know why you think that's funny. I, I don't know. Maybe I was just drunk, but I really <laughs> like it. I thought it was, I thought it was clever and welcoming in a way, and I just like it. It's a really good logo. So it says here, take a seat. It does. It says, come, come and join us. You know, <laughs> come, come sit on the porch for a while and swing. <laughs> You know, maybe it appeared to my uh, appeal so, to my yeah, southern. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that was just your your southern coming out. Yeah, maybe. 
Um, so they had one called uh, Guava Dawn that was a pink guava a sour hmm. uh, that I thought was really good. It was very tart, um, like make you pucker tart. Um, and then uh, they had a Featherstone strawberry lemonade sour that uh, I liked, but I still think I liked the Guava Dream better, but that was just a personal thing. Um, and then they had uh, one called Visible Confusion that was a golden stout. Um, with some coffee in it and um, Madagascar vanilla beans. Ooh. So it was not as heavy as like a naughty sauce. Okay. It was lighter, um, but that it helped. was good. It Did was really good. The alcohol reflect that or was it kind of still up there? Uh, good question. It says it's six and a half. So I don't know what naughty, I think naughty That's sauce is more than that, right? Naughty sauce is less than that. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, it was... I, I usually, honestly, when I get a big, um, I think it depends on the batch, but I'm pretty sure they that one's lower normally. Yeah, well, let's check it out when we're at Noble, I guess. Mm, shout, guess out we got it. shout out. Um, but uh, usually, when I'm at Noble, if I get a big full pour of naughty sauce or man's milk um, there, I, that's you know one of them is enough for me, especially if it's on nitro. I feel like it's a little bit filling for me. Well, that's the thing. They still have a body to them. Yeah. Even though. This had had less body, but I guess if it was on nitro, it might have been pumped up. But um, I liked the vanilla edition. Uh, I liked the coffee flavor. And I thought the actual Golden Stout beer was really good. Um, you know, it's it's not as intense. I didn't think it was as intense as Naughty Sauce, but um, I definitely would want to try it again and, and try it side by side so that I could get um, sort of a more critical um view of it because hmm. like i said we've been drinking by that point but um i really really liked it and i would like to try it again fair enough and then there's one other one uh they had one called mental gymnastics hazy ipa um i don't think that i tasted that i think cindy drank that but um i just liked the name <laughs> honestly uh so but yeah if you get a chance if you're if you're there um that was sort of the one that uh, Alec and Adam were telling us that was sort of a locals. Well, I guess it was Alec because he lives in Seattle. Uh, Adam was actually visiting. Alec said that that was sort of a um, more tucked away locals only brewery. And it certainly felt that way. It, I mean, it was full. It was huge and full, but it wasn't on a touristy path at all. Hmm. Um, and I know I never would have found it. Uh, without some guidance and it was definitely worth going to um and i would recommend it so that's sort of the sneaky out of the way one um if you're if you're up there and you want to look for one that's like really local uh urban family is the name of it and i i, I would recommend it it was a lot of fun sounds good it was really good what's next where else do you go um, then, like I said, we ended up at Dirty Couch Boys. Oh yeah, I want to hear about this one. Yeah, uh, so I, I wish I could give you more details about the beer itself. It was a pretty small room. It was brand new, um, maybe like a more like a 50 person capacity, 40, 50 person capacity, maybe a little more. Um, and it looked like they had some barrels aging in their in the back room uh, there also. It was really nice on the inside. It was brand new. Um, it, it, it was all indoor seating. I think, um, they might've had a little patio at the, actually, I think I, they did have a small patio in the front. Um, but it was mostly indoor seating. 
and uh, the tables were really nice. They had some board games there. We, we got into a fairly intense game of Jenga. Oh, wow. Yeah, we were just the right amount of drunk to play Jenga, apparently. <laughs> um, and uh, they had a pretty good selection on... Uh, I'm trying to look at the menu and see what we actually had. Uh, they had a Resolute Sour Ale that was good. They had one called Donut Return. Oh, I get it. Do not return. Do not return. I, I, all right. I get oh, that. yeah. Yeah. You got a fat ass? Yeah. It's, it's yeah very, did you get that? It's very funny. You didn't eat it? I, I honestly, I, I'm not sure. I, I didn't order that round and I have no idea what was put in front of me, but I do know it was good. Um, it looks like most of them had, oh, oh, they had a plausibility whiskey sour porter, which I've never even heard of. And now I really wish I had drank that. Sour porter. Wh well, whiskey sour porter. So I don't know if it's supposed to be like. Oh. A whiskey sour porter or if it's a whiskey sour porter. I don't know. But like I said, they're brand new. And um, what we did have was really tasty. And um, Mike, like I said, had just opened for to the public that like that week, Wednesday. Um, so if you are. Oh, oh. And the other thing is, if you're at Urban Family, you can literally go right up the hill. Um, it's kind of like a circular drive. Um, that goes up a little hill from Urban Family up to Dirty Couch Boys, which reminds me, um, when we were leaving Dirty Couch Boys to go over to Rubens, which was all the way in Ballard, which is across a bridge, um, okay. some body of water, because there's a lot of water in Seattle. Um, and It's a little wet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Alec was saying that he had forgotten his tab um, at um, Urban Family, can you just call and Venmo them? Well, he had to pick up his actual card. Oh, no. Okay, so we were like razzing him a little bit and, and like, okay, and we made the Uber stop at down at the bottom of the little hill. And it was, you know, literally like a block and a half, two blocks out of the way kind of thing. Okay. Um, and he go, he runs in and we're like laughing at him. Ha ha ha. And he comes out and he's like, hey, Dan, is this your card? I had left my card there, too. And I had no oh, idea. No. None. Oh, no. So then, you know, we were like, oh, my God, thank you. Because, of course, we're from out of town. And that would have been like a huge pain in the ass. Yeah. Um. So that was great. And then the rest of the Uber ride, we were just like giddily laughing at each other. Um. The rest of the the rest of the Uber ride over to Ballard. It was like the happiest Uber ride you've ever been on. <laughs> uh, so we've been fun. on some pretty good ones. This I'm telling you, we were laughing all the way. Ha ha ha. <laughs> Um, so thank you, Alec. You saved my life. Um, and then we got, like I said, we got to Ruben and we talked about that for a little while. Um, but like I said, overall, they are, you know, really just, I would say not even a full step down from what we're doing here in Orange County. Um, they are um, maybe not trying to push the envelope with uh, uh, flavors that are quite as intense as um, we seem to be doing down here, um, we seem to be really pushing the envelope and trying to smash people over the head with some of our flavors. Even even the breweries that have backed away from the edge a little bit and are trying to be a little bit middle of the road. That's what we've uh, kind of seen yeah. consistently in our interviews lately is that everybody's kind of pulling back pulling, just a hair. <laughs> yeah, pulling, pulling back, trying to, you know, widen, mm -hmm. widen the audience, mm -hmm. not not. Try, try to scare everybody away from craft beer. Well, I would say that even what we're calling more middle of the road is still um, reliably a little bit more intense 
than um, what they're doing uh, up in Seattle with some with some exceptions. Obviously, there's some, you know, very bold flavors that they're using uh, in Seattle also. Um, and we, you know, I encountered some of them, like I said, that um, that aboundment Saison was as pungent as anything I've ever had at the brewery or at Turo. Uh, it was it was big um, and great. I would definitely have it again, but you have to be in the mood for something that um, pungent. Well, I've been meaning to get up there. I mean, I've heard great things about Seattle's beer scene. I want to go see the Rams smack around the Seahawks sometime. <laughs> um, that was, um, I know that they were having a big event there um, in June. Uh, I think it was going to be June 7th or 8th um, that weekend. Because we were at first, we thought it was going to be um, while we were up there, but uh, Cindy mis- misread the date, and it was actually going to be later. Mm. Um, it was some kind of charity um, thing, and it was going to be at Seahawks Stadium. I think they call it Centerlink now. Uh, and you go in, and it was going to be um, your your beer tasters. You bought a certain amount of beer tasters with your ticket price, and then you paid extra for you know the food bites. But it was pretty reasonably priced, and it looked like it was going to be a really huge event. So at the stadium. Yeah, not so. not on the field or I, that's actually a good question i think maybe it was going to be kind of out in the one one of the parking lot sides and then like um kind of in a corridor also like part of it was going to be covered because that stadium's not small so i can't no, ima- yeah. i can't imagine that it would be on the field so but the you way, can you can do a lot in that stadium without being on the field. So yeah, the way I read it is um, they were going to definitely have a covered area because weather in Seattle is unpredictable. And, but um, it looked like it was going to be sort of in one corner of part of the lot, and then with like into the into the covered area that was sort of in the corridor of the stadium. Also, um, and so so they have beer events like us out there. They do. Uh, it looks like they're kind of jumping on board that um, and they're having, you know, a bunch of breweries out and a bunch of food tasters, which is as good a time as any to remind you guys about Palette. Um, mm-hmm. That's coming up Thursday, June 6th, mm-hmm. and it's going to be at the Heritage Museum. Is that right? Yep. Okay. Santa we, Ana. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you want to definitely get your tickets for that. There is a coupon code. Um, I think it's Palette 30, but check the website um, or check Facebook. Uh, and that will get you 30% off of your second ticket. So if you buy a pair of tickets, it'll basically be 15% off for each ticket, um, which is a really good deal uh, because you're going to get a bunch of food tastings. Um, and then uh, the so way it was described to me by uh, Erica over at um, Orange County Brewers Guild is you are going to get your taster, and instead of pairing you with one specific beer, it's going to say try this this taster with um, this style of beer. And so it's a little bit choose your own adventure where you get to go and seek out um, a beer in that style because there'll be more brewers than chefs. So you'll have an opportunity to branch out. You won't be stuck with um, one, just one beer that's going to pair with it. You can kind of use your own judgment um, if there's a, you know, if you're pairing with a, a lager, for instance, and you know you like this brewery's lager or you're not a big fan of that brewery's lager you're not stuck with it um if that makes sense right, that's cool um that event starts at what did i say last time five i think it starts at six, six. i want to say but check the website i think you said it went to like six to ten something yeah like that. something around there um but it's a especially with the coupon code it's a really good value 
Yeah, because it's uh, was it hundred bucks. It was a hundred bucks a ticket. So, but if you so thirty bucks off. Yeah, if you dock fifteen, well, it's thirty bucks off your second ticket. Okay. So if you dock fifteen off each ticket, it's uh, then eighty five, which is you know a great deal for that much beer and that much um, gourmet food. You really can't beat it. Look at that. We're making you save money now, people. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think that's a great value. No, um, I mean for the event that it's going to be, I mean. Anybody that's been to Southern California, period, knows that between the food and the beer is absolutely phenomenal. So we're going to have a lot of good chefs and brewers showing their best stuff at this uh, sort of thing. And I think it might be some sort of a crowd looking for something a little bit more higher class. So I imagine that they're going to roll out the big guns. Yeah. Um, uh, Erica said that originally the idea was to, to dress it up a little bit. Um, but then, you know, since it's brewers and it's hard to get them out of their cargo cargo shorts, apparently, um, <laughs> it, it is, I guess, um, they, that there basically is not a dress code. So it's going to be fancy, but also, you know, feel free to, you know, be ca as casual or as date night as you want to be. Um, it's my understanding that it's going to be uh, at least 10 chefs. And um, she was working on more. She thought that it was going to be sort of minimum 15 and maybe as many as 20 um, chefs out there. So she was still working on that last time we spoke to her. Uh, it's a huge, huge venue, she said. Uh, she said it was even bigger than the Elks Yard. The property is just enormous. Um, for those of you who don't know, the Elks uh, Lodge in Garden Grove is where we were at broadcasting from the OC Brewers Guild Invitational. And if the property is even bigger than that, then it's just going to be enormous. It's huge. It's going to be a fun time. All I can say is uh, you can find Dan and I in the matching purple tuxes. <laughs> um, <laughs> you got to run that kind of thing by me before you say it on the podcast. Um, it's already ordered. Um, so. <laughs> now people are just, somebody's going to be like, where are the tuxedos? <laughs> um, we should definitely try to do that. I'll tell you what. Uh, since you said that. Mm -hmm. I will wear my purple Rex Manning Day shirt to the event if I remember to do that. Perfect. And then you will definitely not miss us. Okay, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, For those uh, of you who are too young to get that reference, uh, you can screw yourself. <laughs> well, fine. <laughs> um, no, Rex Manning Day is a, a bit from uh, the very famous movie from the 90s, Empire Records. And uh, he famously wears this purple satin shirt and uh, I forget, I think it's April, it's either April 8th or April 18th is actually Rex Manning Day each year. Um, so I ordered this purple satin shirt to wear on Rex Manning Day because I was going to a barbecue or something. And uh, it's it was just as funny as you're imagining it right now. Okay, so I'll get my purple shirt as well. All right, very um, good. <laughs> but Dan, you know what, uh, you know what I did this weekend? Uh, I know it was your birthday, so happy birthday, Connor. That's right. Guess how old I am. Uh, you are exactly eight years old. That's right. <laughs> 20 plus, uh, plus, uh, uh, 19. Oh, yeah. oh, quick math. Yeah, Very quick good. Math. Quick so math. happy 27th birthday to Connor. Thank you. Uh, I know, uh, you had a good time. Did you go out or did you stay home? Uh, you know, we, I, I went to one bar and got a nice meal and a few drinks, but then I went home and just had people over. I think it's more, I think that's what I was feeling more. I'm feeling old, man. <laughs> it's, hard to, it's hard to be out all the time. Well, uh, uh, we've had some pretty good house parties at your house, so. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, that usually works out. Yeah. But um, so uh, what I want to talk about, too, was uh, 
right next to my new job, I am next door to Long Beach Beachwood Barbecue and Brewery. Yummy. Oh, bro. They had this, uh, I walked in after I got the new job. And so I'm already in a good mood. I go up to the bar and I just see one of my favorite IPAs on tap, the Melrose. And, you know, in that moment, I, uh, I questioned myself if there is a God because it was a beautiful moment, Dan. I, uh, I bought three crawlers of that, took it home, drank them all over the weekend. Actually, I got five because I went back for more because it's so good. Um, but it's uh, one of their IPAs they uh, release every year. It's a little seldom that you'll see it out, but it is so good. And there, no, there's none left. I drank it all. Are you, are you saying that the Melrose IPA is so good that it uh, restored your faith? It restored my faith, possibly, in that moment. Uh, okay. All right. No moment. Let's not talk religion on the beer cast. You know, okay. That's sure to offend pretty much everybody. Oh, yeah. Sorry, everybody. Um, <laughs> but this beer will make you believe in God. <laughs> right. well, that's pretty much exactly what I asked you not to do. But go ahead. Knock or, yourself out. Or see him. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, just awesome beer. I mean, if you haven't been out to the Long Beach, uh, Beachwood Barbecue, it is so good. And it's in the middle of uh, the downtown area, they've spruced up that whole area. It's right next to the, what do they call that ship? The Queen Queen, Queen Mary. Mary. Yeah. Um, the whole area is yeah, awesome. Yeah, the promenade um, is right up Pike Street from uh, the Pike area. Mm. And uh, the they you're right, um, the promenade area and that area of Pike Street um, has come a long way in the last 10 years. Um, it is the right, the right mix of bougie and urban mm -hmm. yeah but you're seeing a lot of hipsters moving to the area and yeah that's true young people around like between the ages 25 to 35 have kind of come in steadily um and it's still not overly expensive to live there um compared to a lot of other parts in southern california so it's a great area and i'm so excited to be working out there they're kind of kicking my ass with all uh, the info i need to learn and all these ropes i need to climb but uh i'm very excited it's gonna be a good time out there yeah, um, you know, not to belabor a point, but that area is definitely getting a little bit more gentrified, that downtown Long Beach area. Um, and it's, you know, there's ups and downs, you know, when an area changes like that. But um, it's Always. a lot it's a lot nicer than it used to be. They just um, built a, I guess a few years ago, um, a brand new courthouse down there. And it is like a spaceship on the inside. It's like, <laughs> it's like... Why does this courthouse look like the Matrix? Like, what's going on here? Um, <laughs> but that's sort of right in the middle of an area that um, was run down. And I think I'm a big believer that um, a commitment to in infrastructure can really change an area. Um, hope, you know, some people do get priced out, but mm. cleaning up an area is always better than letting an area continue down a path of squalor. So oh, absolutely, um, the promenade's just like that. You know, we lived in... We lived in Long Beach down, um, they used to call it the gay ghetto, uh, which isn't very nice, but that is what they called it. Um, and uh, we lived right not across. Gonna, not going to ask why, but. Well, there's, it's a, it's a kind of a gay district, but they, you know, I don't know, alliteration, I guess. But, um, you know, that even that area is changing and growing. 
Um, well, yeah, because I'm working right where the Beachwood is. It's right off of uh, the Harvey Milk Boulevard. Mm -hmm. they, they redid this whole little wall and area on the street and made all the rainbow colors. It's really cool. Yeah, it's very they're very, very proud of um, their gay community over there. And it's 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 kind of neat to see. It's it's a. Uh, very welcoming to anyone. Everyone's really nice in the area. Which oh, I, yeah. You know, even I'll, when we were living there, like, I I guess close to 10 years ago now, hmm. we lived right across the street from a big gay bar. That's not that it, does, it doesn't have this name anymore. It was called um, Paradise. And before that, before our time, it was called Birds of Paradise. <laughs> um, but, you know, it had a big restaurant attached to it and the food was good and it was right across the street and we were never made to feel uncomfortable or unwelcome. We went there all the time. We knew everybody there. We partied and drank there all the time. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's as long as you're comfortable with um, with their community, it's very, very seldom that anybody's going to make you feel uncomfortable or unwelcome. So yeah. I encourage everybody to get down to Long Beach, that area. If you haven't been in a while, you're going to want to get down there and party a little bit. Yeah, it's a it's a good area. It's pretty. I mean, it's just it's just nice. And drive safe there. Oh, I will yeah. say that. Oh, yeah. They, I don't know what they're doing down there, but everybody drives like a you know what. Yeah, there's <laughs> a, that's the thing, man. I mean, it's like the streets are narrow. Yeah, I think that's really what, it, the, what yeah, it has the, the streets are narrow and it's all like you're going through neighborhoods, houses. Yeah. And people are flying 50 miles per hour on these streets. And it's. You also have to watch out for cyclists. They're oh, yeah. a very bicycle-friendly city. Mm -hmm. well, um, they so try to be. Well, that's the thing. You know, it's one thing to share the road, but sharing the road with already narrow streets. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, In a parking-impacted area. The, the, oh, yeah, I could go on and on. Yeah. A lot of construction, just to be safe driving, because they are still building it up a lot. But um, awesome, awesome area. So uh, if you are more local and you do not live in Seattle check out long beach um we'll have more on that i'm sure we'll start as uh connor gets more established at the new place that he's working i'm sure we will be telling you more and more about that uh promenade area oh yeah and uh where uh some of the things that connor's doing and some of the places that um we're starting to frequent again i like i said i haven't we lived there for five years but we don't live there anymore so we haven't um been there as much lately but mm -hmm. i'm sure now that connor's there i'll be there all the time heck yeah that's what happens but uh, we are coming up to, uh, to an, uh, 55 here. Um, got anything else to say about the trip, man? I mean, sounds like you had a good time and was able to explore a lot of the, yeah. the beer scene. I mean, aside from the fact that on the way back on the landing at John Wayne, they uh, they one-hopped our landing so much that uh, I, I got myself into like the brace position for a second because I was like, you know, hoping we didn't fly off the runway. Oh my God. It was, I don't know. I, I'm usually, I fly a, a fair amount. So, you know, a rough landing or turbulence, turbulence actually does still kind of get to me if it goes on for too long or if I don't sleep through it. But a rough landing is like, just for a second, you're like, oh my God, because you don't really know what's going to happen. Yeah, no, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it never matters, dude. It doesn't matter. They can tell you everything you want to hear. You're still. <laughs> yeah, you're still. When you're on the plane, it's yeah. a totally different thing. Yeah, no, it's it's terrifying sometimes. And like some of the weird stuff coming out with the, the bigger uh, plane companies, too, where you're like, oh, that's not. That's not. Uh, easy to hear <laughs> uh, we just skipped some of these safety things um, um yeah let me uh let me just finish by saying um since we were talking about pairing food and beer um i, I do want to compliment all the food that we had up in seattle the smoked salmon will knock your teeth out it is so good um in fact right after the wedding uh 
somebody had made home, I, I'm sorry, I don't know who, somebody had gifted a little bit of homemade um, smoked salmon to the bride and groom that they had just sort of made on their own. And huh. it was like the best shit I ever ate. So that's like, like was, a thing. That's just like, that's what they do, the smoked salmon. I guess, you, yes, you can smoke your own salmon in Seattle, definitely. I mean, you can do it anywhere, but like it, if someone brought it as a gift. I'm sure they caught the salmon and then smoked it. That's, like, that's kind of cool. Like I can't 100% prove that, but I'd be shocked if it wasn't the case. Because it was really, really good. It was definitely the best smoked salmon I ever ate in my life. Well, there you have it. Go get some smoked salmon up in the rainy north. Yeah, and then Cindy's a big fan of the Dungeness crab. She said she was going up there for, um, she wanted crab with a side of crab. <laughs> and then uh, she, she has you. <laughs> ah. I am crabby. Um, but no, the, that was really good, obviously. Uh, we also went to a restaurant called The Pink Door, which is a little, um, it was a weird mix of touristy and shishi, like it was local and touristy at the same time. Um, and I, we, they had live music while we were there, which was good. Um, but it's my understanding they actually um, have uh, like acrobats and burlesque on certain nights. They have, um, you know, those like ridden things that you do gymnastics on, yeah, like yeah. Pink does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they had those bolted to the ceiling, like short ones of those, oh. which like led me to believe if we had been there on the right, right night, there would have been like girls swinging from the rafters. Well, I have good news for you. There's a burlesque bar literally right next door to my place in oh, Long, Long Beach. Beach. Oh, maybe that's catching on. I don't know. I, I, well, I, I've always known about that. I never checked it out. But anyway, it's going on. Uh, at any rate, um, so if you're if you're there, it was on Post Alley. It's called the Pink Door. There is no sign on the um, door. You just have to kind of find it. Um, and it's across from an Irish bar, so I'm sure you'll find it. Um, that was the other thing that uh, uh, we did. Um, you know, we were there like 10 minutes uh, and we found an Irish bar like automatically. I don't know if that's just because they're easy to find or if because we drink too much. But um, I can name four off the top of my head within <laughs> right here. So, yeah, they are, <laughs> they are kind of everywhere. Um, and then uh, another um, uh, place we wanted to give a shout out to was called uh, the Coastal Grill. And that's up in Capitol Hill. And that's actually uh, in a cute little um, gay district. Uh, mm. that we didn't know we just sort of yelped like what restaurant we wanted to go to in the area and uh, we kind of found ourselves with the cool kids then too uh, they do a really good breakfast slash brunch um that was really good and of course then you know if you go down to the pike market there's some great restaurants down there yeah i've heard a lot yeah, about pike and we um we you know you can go souvenir shopping they have um, a farmer's market that has fresh flowers that go on for miles and miles. Oh. I'm sure you've seen people throwing the fish on television before. Yeah. Um, so they have like those fish markets down there and, um, you know, lots of people, the original Starbucks is down there. I don't oh, know if yeah. it's truly the original one, but that's, you know, how it's built. Did it's you like, go, did you go check it out or? Uh, we've, I've done that before when I was in Seattle, but there's always a line. Oh, um, okay. so unless you're like really, really, uh, we actually went right next door to get a cafe, Cindy still wanted coffee. Uh -huh. We were right next door and there was a, a really cute little place that did not have a line at all. And she got a really good cappuccino. So check out the next, the place right next door to the original Starbucks. <laughs> skip the line and still get a really good coffee. Well, I can imagine that. Just take a of, picture. I can imagine one of the rainiest cities in, uh, in America would have good coffee besides Starbucks. So. They do, it, it's strong and robust and it warms you right up. So. Um, like I said, I know this sounded like a little bit of a tourist ad for Seattle because I was telling you all about our trip, but um, it really was worth it. And the beer scene up there, if um, 
you want to, you need an excuse to go exploring a little bit deeper into Seattle out of the touristy areas. Um, it's going off and I'm sure it's just going to get better. It had a very up and coming vibe in my opinion. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be new breweries springing up all over the place. And I am 100% sure that the breweries that are already up there are going to keep cranking out better and better product because um, they are very competitive with everything down here right now. Um, we had a really, really great time. Uh, thank you to Joel and Tracy for having us up. The wedding was beautiful. And thank you for asking me to officiate. That was, um, I've never done that before. And it was kind of a once in a lifetime thing. I don't know if I could do that for complete strangers. I would have to know the people at least a little bit to, to write a wedding for them. So thank you. And thank you to our new friends, Alec and Adam, who showed us around town. You guys played great tour guides and uh, we had a really good time. And I hope that uh, we can return the favor if you guys come down here and who knows, maybe we'll even sneak you on the podcast uh, if we go out to a brewery to record while you were down here. Sounds good. Well, you heard it all from Dan there. He, uh, the whole Seattle trip was a success. Uh, we thank you guys joining us again, and uh, we are recording from home today uh, just to give you guys something to listen to, to chew on. Um, we will be back uh, with good beer as soon as we reschedule with them. The next thing is going to be Palette, though. We're going to yeah. be um, recording at Palette. Well, I mean, if we sneak another brewery in you know, between now and then, it's possible, but frankly, with all the work I have to do and all the work you have to do, that may not be likely. We're adults and it's hard, but we try to do this as often as we can. Um, and then um, at some point, we're gonna take a little break um, here and try and line up what we're gonna call season two. So um, we'll let you know what we're doing. Uh, don't worry, we won't just disappear without telling you. But if there is a little bit of a break for a minute, just know that we're lining up a bunch of new um, interviews and episodes for you. Uh, coming soon. But uh, honestly, I, I had envisioned a pretty significant break, but I, I get the feeling that once we start booking things, we're going to be right back, um, right back on the ball. So uh, it may not be that short a break at all, but we'll keep you posted and definitely get your tickets for Palette. Uh, go to the OC Brewers Guild website. Uh, just hit the events link. I'm sure there's a tab for tickets that it'll be very easy to find. Um, we'll definitely be there. Come say hi. Uh, if, um, you know, it, obviously if you know us real well, you'll come say hi anyway, but if you're a new listener and we, you know, we don't know you that well, definitely come introduce yourselves. Um, definitely come tell us how you heard about the podcast. Um, we'd love to make friends with you guys in person. Uh, we are, we are happy to meet, um, anybody who's taking any time to, to listen to what we're doing here. So thank you. All right, guys. Well, we will see you next week. Is it next week? Palette uh, is Thursday, June 6th. Oh, so two weeks. So yeah. we will be well, a week and a half. Week yeah. and a half. Okay. So we'll see you folks over at Palette and uh, look out for that episode. And you might hear it from us uh, with someone else before then. So fingers crossed. And uh, thanks again for listening to Hollywood Growler. 